0: Is this chicken what I have, or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsey. I was rooting for you! We were all rooting for you! How dare you! Congratulations, you're a meathead, son, but you know what? Don't ever put your <laughs> hands in my underwear. Lance, Where's the offended.: Yeah, I mean, you really don't want to make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 65. So first of all, welcome back. Hello. I hope everyone is having a good week, uh, a good day, a good whatever it is so far whenever you're listening to this. Um, Second of all, obviously, this week's episode is a few days late. I am sorry about that. I had the best of intentions, truly. I always say that. I, Whenever I have the best of intentions, shit goes wrong. So maybe I should just have bad intentions for things. Um, no, seriously though. I like watched two seasons of this show ahead of time, got everything ready. Like I was ready to go, picked out my episode that I was going to recap. And when it came time to do my notes, I just lost motivation. I kind of, I was going to do them over the weekend and then I had a bit of a a depressive weekend um, as we all do sometimes and I just had some executive dysfunction issues earlier in the week just getting stuff done so it took me a while to actually get my notes done and then by the time I got them done last night I didn't have time to record so here I am now recording dropping the episode a few days late and I hope you guys don't mind I hope you can understand where I'm coming from right now it's just like kind of been a little bit of a rough time for me but hopefully things will look up within the next few weeks I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast um cuz you know I'm like I don't care like I'll blab my business but I'd made uh, I just don't remember if I told the story or not I had made a appointment with a psychiatrist last month um and so, you know, I made the appointment. They couldn't schedule me until three weeks later because that's American Healthcare. care. Um, and then two days before my scheduled appointment, they canceled on me because apparently they had mistakenly scheduled, because it's a new psychiatrist, I can't see the one I used to see because he doesn't take my new insurance since I got my new job. Um, it's been like over a year since I last went. Um, so the new doctor, she takes my insurance, but she apparently only takes one new patient a day. Uh, and they had double booked her for that day and didn't realize until two days before I was supposed to see her. So they canceled and they told me that they were going to call me back and they were going to reschedule me with another provider who also took my insurance for the same day, the same time. But that of course never happened. Um, and then I was going to look into going to a completely different practice, like just different doctors, different administration, but, uh... I was, like, working – I had requested, you know, like, you have to put on a form online. It's such a hassle. How how did they expect me to do this? I have executive dysfunction issues. (laughs) That's where all my motivation went, you guys. Like, instead of doing these podcast notes, I've been, like, fighting to get a psychiatrist appointment for the last two weeks. Um, So – I like put in my information online waiting for them to call me back and then I decided to do some googling and all of the doctors had really terrible reviews so I was like ooh maybe I don't want to see these people. So I went back to the original practice that I had been canceled on by um, because they the doctors are apparently very good even if the admin kind of sucks and I made myself another appointment and so I called and I like explained the whole situation And I was like, you know, I just want an appointment as soon as possible. And she's like, well, we can get you in tomorrow at 830 in the morning. And I was like, that'd be great. That's perfect. Uh, But then I made sure to ask, I was like, is that for a new patient intake appointment? And then they're like, oh no, I'm sorry. So the next available uh, new patient appointment is going to be October 8th. So yeah, you know, like three-ish, three and a half weeks from when I made it. It is what it is. I at least have it on the books, so that's something to look forward to. I'm going to get back on the medication that I was on last year. Very excited to to get back on track. Um but yeah, things are a little spotty between now and then. That's why sorry guys. Um other updates that I do want to talk about. I wanted to like give updates on my life, but like it's like not really that important. <laughs> I hurt my thumb really bad I sliced it on a mandolin like when I was trying to make a fucking bagel a lox bagel I was trying to slice red onion and I sliced my thumb instead um it's fine now it's been like a week and it's healing really well so that's great but uh (laughs) that was like a big deal when I first started my notes you know almost a week ago but now it's not a problem um one other thing I did want to talk about just like in my life that has it's it was something to look for. Maybe that's why also I was a little bit depressed is like that was something that I had been looking forward to and now it's over. But on this past Saturday, I surprised my husband with a trip to the Danville Tank Museum, the AAF Tank Museum in Danville, Virginia. He's really into tanks and like military stuff and guns, like boy shit. Um, Like he's not a Republican he's not a redneck he's not a conservative he's just a, a man who likes boy shit like guns tanks some people are like that um I don't I don't have any care for that stuff but I wanted to surprise him because I knew he would really enjoy it and we I took him on flamethrower day flamethrower day as I feel the need to always like say it like that um so there was a demonstration of flamethrowers which was really cool the flamethrowers were intense like I didn't I don't know what I expected but I don't think I expected them to be as intense as they were um but there, there was also a lot of like problematic shit at the museum like they had a Nazi uniform for sale in the gift shop I mean it was like $13,000 but uh, eh, it doesn't sit right with me but who knows I mean they off. they also obviously honor veterans like they care a lot about you know they asked us if we were veterans, as we were paying for our ticket, because they wanted to give us a veterans discount if we deserved one, so mixed feelings. But it was pretty cool. The flamethrower shit was really cool, and it was great to surprise my husband. So that was a fun little excursion. Um, but that's what we did Saturday, and then like as soon as we got back Saturday Saturday afternoon, like my motivation, my mood just crashed. But, oh, I did I did make a TikTok of me surprising him and of the flamethrower demonstration. So if you have any interest in seeing what that was all about, you can see it on my TikTok. It's at Riley Said So, R-Y-L-E-E, if you don't know how to spell my name. Um, okay, so one other thing that I do want to talk about before I get into actual reality TV is just, like, What's happening in the world and what has come out in the news this week? Since it's not even in my notes because I like didn't. This has been long since I wrote the fucking beginning of my notes. Um, but the 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 crimes against humanity that are happening at the ICE detention center is the concentration camps, um, in Georgia and who knows where else in the country regarding women who are being forcibly sterilized. Um, I've also seen like there were reports of not only that but DNCs, which I don't know if that just means unconsented to dncs or dnc in the meaning of like an abortion um but regardless this is literally like crimes against humanity war crimes signs of genocide um it's just horrific so i am trying to gather just like different lists of resources of of organizations that I can donate to that support either just generalized reproductive justice, so abortion funds, but beyond abortion funds, I'm really looking to support um birth workers, so doulas, midwives, especially those that serve Black, Indigenous, and Latinx communities. Um and then anything else, uh any kind of organizations that support uh refugees and immigrants who have been detained by ICE, just anything that I can possibly do to like help in my own tiny little way mitigate the hor- horrors that are happening because this is just something I mean obviously it's always been horrific but to know how like graphically it bad it is I it just as someone who like reproductive justice is something that like has a cause that has always meant a lot to me and is some the, the one thing that I really like do in terms of work outside of just the internet and reading about things posting about things donating to things like I actually do try to like go out like I do abortion clinic escorting I do like I go to different events (laughs) whatever I can't get into all that shit it's just this is something that's really like important to me so anyway I'm trying to like come up with different lists of organizations that I can support and I'll try and post that or, or disseminate that information somehow. But I want to do something to like rally my listener base. Um, so if you guys, I'm going to come up with something, but like in the meantime, if anyone wants to donate any amount to any of those kinds of organizations, like what I just talked about, anything that supports reproductive justice or um, immigration, anything like that, uh send me a screenshot and I will like give you a shout out on my next episode or I don't know, like I'll come up with I'll make stickers and mail it to you. Something. I don't know. I'll figure something out. Um tell tell let me know if you want something in particular, like whatever it is. But that is just something that would mean a lot to me personally. Alright, <laughs> 10 minutes in. This is gonna be a long episode, I bet, because I really have a lot to say in general about the show. Uh and I obviously had a lot to say in my intro but y'all know this is coming we're going to talk about my fair brady i mentioned this on the last episode i wanted to do the surreal life season four i wanted to lead into chris knight and adrian curry's relationship um i think i had said last week week sorry last episode uh that i didn't watch my fair brady i don't know if i said that on air or not i I forgot that I had, cause I definitely did rewatching this. It all came rushing back to me. I definitely remember watching the first season. I definitely remember watching the season finale. Um, it rem- But what's funny is it reminded me a lot of when I first rewatched America's Next Top Model Cycle 6, like back four or five years ago at this point, which was the first time I had rewatched it as an adult. And my opinion on the characters and the relationships and the dynamics had changed so much. Hashtag Melrose did nothing wrong. But back in the day, I remember watching this and so being on Adrian's side and just being like oh my god what's wrong with Chris he's an idiot like she's so right and now I mean I'm still closer to Adrian's age by far than I am to Chris's by you know the ages that they were in this show in this season uh I think she was 22 or 23 I think 23 and I'm 27 I always forget how old (laughs) I am once like once June passes by, my birthday's in November, but as soon as like June rolls around, I just start rounding up mentally and I forget how old I actually am. Either way, I'm still like way closer to Adrian's age and I got married at 24. So it's like not that far off, but I am so, so on Chris's side for like everything. And I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because they're it's in the second season I'm pretty sure they go on this like marriage retreat and they like voice all of their problems and issues that they have as a couple and I'm expecting them to be like Adrian like these are your issues but it's it's only on Chris it's all of the shit that Chris does wrong and I was like yeah I mean he has some problems definitely but Adrian (laughs) does shit wrong too um and Yeah. Okay. They apparently went on Dr. Phil and Dr. Phil said that it was like Chris's hurtful comments. I'm like, but what about Adrian? So my opinion changed. I'm so excited to like talk about all of this as we get into it. So let's just get into it. Let's go into the background. It aired on VH1 from September, 2005 and ended in March, 2008. It actually premiered on September 11th, which I don't know, weird choice it ran for three seasons the first was my fair brady the second and that was all about just chris and adrian's relationship the core issue of that season was adrian had just moved into chris's place like she after the surreal life i think she went home to like illinois for a few weeks and then went back to california and was supposed to like find an apartment but just ended up staying with chris for seven months nine months at that point i don't even know so that was the issue. Is like, is she gonna move out? Are they gonna break up, or are they gonna get married? Um, so, <laughs> spoiler alert: they decide to get married because season two is "My Fair Brady." We're getting married, which is all about planning for the wedding. And then the third season, which I didn't watch, was "My Fair Brady Maybe Baby," which I think that one came on like there was like a year in between. I think the first and second season aired pretty closely between one another, and then the third season aired like a year after the first se- the second season had finished. Um, so. I didn't watch that one. I feel like that one just didn't have as much relevance to whatever I wanted to talk about. Um, and I think the whole just based on the overview that I read about that season, the entire plot of that season was are, they they might want to start a family, or Chris wants to start a family and Adrian's not sure, which I thought that based on what she had said on like the surreal life and some of the episodes on my fair brady adrian was always sure she wanted to start a family eventually but chris like had never wanted kids cuz i don't think he ever had like at that point he didn't have kids and to this day i'm pretty sure he still doesn't have kids so whatever i didn't get into the 3rd season but those were the 3 seasons adrian said in an interview that i read i think it was with pr.com it was a pretty good interview if you can find it that they turned down a fourth season um so that's kind of interesting and obviously it just chronicles their relationship. Um, it was based off of the pitch that Adrienne made during the Surreal Life Challenge. Her title for the show originally was Beauty and the Brady, which I like a lot better because it like puts them on equal footing. Um, just, you know, like she's included as the beauty. And the Brady is like not an insult. Like the Beast kind of is. Like, I don't know. I think that one is kind of cute. But... Chris has said in a few different interviews that My Fair Brady is a pay, play on My Fair Lady obviously, but because he sees it as a Pygmalion like story of him, like he thought the plot of the first season was supposed to be like him transforming Adrian or like they just had this unlikely relationship like in the original Pygmalion, like where the statue comes to life. I don't know, a little bit confusing. Uh but whatever. Um oh side note about the 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 pitches that that episode of the surreal life debrat won that challenge with her pitch which was a show i think it was just called brutally honest where she is just going to be like a bitch to people um but it never came to fruition even though she was supposed to get a show out of that but that's hollywood baby um and then oh here's here's another quote from their interview with pr.com it's kind of just about their experience with production and with filming so uh i think adrian said this they almost stopped filming on the second day of production because they thought we were going to break up when he started bringing up wouldn't it be great for the show if we had her move out <laughs> so yeah like production even literally thought that they were going to break up also they said that they had like transformed chris's house Um, they had cameras on the ceiling to monitor where they were and then they like there was a downstairs bedroom that they sort of used as the, the home base for the crew operations um, and the garage. Uh, Chris says, they took almost all my furniture out, painted every wall and changed everything about my house. They also removed everything I owned from my garage and my downstairs bedroom and turned both into a studio. There were about 20 to 30 people here in this house for three weeks and a skeleton crew at night because it would slow down after we went to bed. But yeah, they still did have people in their house at night in case something was happening. That was basically it in terms of the background of the show itself. So the episode that we're going to talk about today is the finale from season one because it's very dramatic. Um, and like I said, I remember watching this back when it aired and I was like very invested. I I was like fully just like I was Adrian. I was like living as her as I was watching it. So um, I was between this and the season two finale, the wedding, because they're mostly because of the night before the wedding or a few days before the wedding when Chris and his dad and Adrian and her dad all go out for dinner together and Chris and his dad get drunk and his dad basically just starts like talking real shit to adrian and being like you're gonna destroy this relationship with the way that you like treat chris and it was harsh for sure but i also like definitely agree with 95 percent of what his dad was saying not in the way that he was delivering it but like what the message was i definitely like understood and agreed with um and then the next day chris like woke up and he's like oh my god i've never done anything so stupid in my life and it's like but you were right anyway So season one, episode nine, this episode is called To Brady or Not To Brady. So, oh, and just as like the context of the season. So like I said, the whole uh, plot, the whole narrative thread of the season had just been that like, should Adrian move out? If Adrian at this point has decided that if she's moving out, they're going to break up. Um, And then Chris has just like wanted to like have a relationship with her. Like he wants to have a relationship with her. He just wants things one, he recognizes that she's young and he wants to make sure that she, like, becomes an independent person in her own right. And two, like, he wants their relationship to move at a slower pace than what Adrian expects. But he still wants to do nice things for her. So he had taken her on a trip to Puerto Rico, and that's where we open. Oh, and we do get the theme song, which is one of those songs that just plays in my brain in the little jukebox of my memory constantly at all times. Uh, Watching two seasons, well, the season the theme song changes from the first season to the second season, but it's the same like little tune. Um, just, I feel like it probably just like short circuited my brain a little bit. And maybe that's why I'm so depressed because it's just too damn catchy. But it sounds like there's children singing it. Uh, I feel like I should have to sing it, but I don't want to. Just look it up. Um, It's so fucking catchy, though. I hate it. (laughs) I love it, and I hate it. It's too catchy. But after the theme song, it opens with Chris and Adrian on their last day in Puerto Rico. And so Adrian's like, today is a sad day. It's a day of tears, which is just rough. Uh, but basically what had happened the night before was she asked Chris for a firm commitment and Chris, she says Chris told her that he wasn't sure what he wants, but that's not so much the case as Chris knows what he wants. It's just not the exact same thing as what Adrian wants, which is to get married right now. Uh, I think this, at this point they'd been dating for less than a year, um, or maybe a year, but I feel like it was between seven to nine months later, um, So they pack up, they kind of snip at each other as they're packing up. Uh, Chris like wants to put his wet shoes in Adrian's luggage, which is weird because just like pack your own fucking wet shoes. Why are you going to put it in her luggage? Um, But at one point, Chris is like, okay, whiny ass. And Adrian whines back in the whiniest voice. I'm not whining. Something to that effect. Just very whiny. And as a semi-professional whiner myself, like it takes one to know one. So Chris, Chris has a talking head here where he says it hurts to not be able to make someone happy, but his head isn't in a place where he's ready to make that move, which is fair. Um, He made a good point in the previous episode. I think it was a previous episode where he said like, he hates that he just can't do something romantic for Adrian, like take her on this fabulous trip to a tropical locale without there being a proposal attached to it. Although... I can in I can relate to Adrian in the sense that I was feeling very similarly before I got married because I never got engaged. Um I basically just put my foot down and I was like, we're gonna get married, and then we got married six weeks later. But at that point we had been together for six and a half years and I was just like ready to get married. Uh but I remember at one point we were planning an anniversary trip to Asheville and Andrew was like, I'm not proposing. I just want you to know that like ahead of time and I got really upset but I did appreciate him letting me know so I like didn't have to spend the entire vacation like waiting for the perfect moment when it was going to happen when he was fully just like not doing it. So Adrian cries in a talking head and I hate this so much there's a lot to unpack here she says everything around us tells us we're perfect for each other other than chris's brain well fuck your brain go marry your brain be happy with your brain until you die it's like if one of the things if the only thing that is telling you you're not perfect for each other is the brain of one of the people in the relationship that means you're not perfect for each other jesus christ adrian So they arrive back in LA and uh, Adrian like gets off the plane and she's immediately like, I have to smoke a cigarette and Chris is like glaring at her. Things are kind of tense. Um, And then they get in the limo and Adrian, this, this is the thing. She just, she loves to pick a fight. She loves to make a comment that just is just bitchy. And she'll play it off. Like she's just joking. It's, I don't know. It's a very specific style of communicating, which is, I guess kind of manipulative like is the way to describe it it's just really shitty it's just not good communication adrian has extremely poor communication skills (laughs) what the fuck do i know i don't know i'm not a psychiatrist but this is this is my assessment so she tells to him in the limo she says oh we're almost home almost to your house um so then they get there things are still really awkward and tense and chris says that adrian just doesn't understand his position but she'll keep digging at it and digging at it so like that's what i was just saying where it's like she'll just make these comments like i think i don't know if i mentioned this later in yes here it is in just a second so the next morning adrian goes to look for apartments to to stay at so that she can move out of chris's house um And she says, if he wants to push me away, I'll show him just how far I can go, which is not healthy. Again, like that's don't, if someone's pushing you away, like just don't lean into that. You should like communicate with them and like have a conversation about expectations. Uh, So she meets with a realtor. She sees a few different places. Of course, they're all very, you know, kind of meh, dingy, run down, just like shitty apartments compared to Chris's gorgeous home in Manhattan Beach. And she really awkwardly, like, I don't know if this is for the benefit of the cameras or what, tells the realtors, like, she's like, yeah, well, I gave my boyfriend a commitment ultimatum, so I'll probably be moving out soon. (laughs) They're just like, um, okay. So when she gets back in the car, she calls her friend Jane Weedlin of Surreal Life Season 4 and tells her that she's pretty sure that she and Chris are going to break up. And Jane is very sweet about the whole thing, but there was this whole thing that happened at the beginning of this season where they went to Jane's birthday party together and everyone was drunk. They were all having a good time. Jane and Adrian kissed while Chris was right there, which is fine. I guess like Chris, no one seemed to mind. And the thing that bothers me is because it's like, Adrian obviously just like doesn't care. Like she's like, I think she thinks that kissing women doesn't count. Whereas I'm pretty sure Jane is actually bisexual um, so it's just, like, I don't know. I feel like Adrian could be a little bit flippant about things. Because, like, obviously to her, like, it didn't count that she and Jane kissed. Because then Jane said she wanted to kiss Chris. So Chris and Jane kissed. And Adrian was, like, angry and jealous for days. And was talking so much about how Chris French Jane. And Chris was trying to say, like, I didn't French. There was no tongue. Like, the mouth was open a little bit. But I believe there wasn't tongue. Anyway, it was, like, a mess at the beginning of the season. But that's just the thing where she, like takes one thing and she like harps on it for days on end and just keeps bringing it back up and there's no way for Chris to like move on from it so anyway she and Jane talk she explains that she's looking for an apartment for herself and Jane offers her a place to stay I get an ad break at this point. I was watching on Pluto TV. There's so many fucking ad breaks. Um, But I got a Trump ad, which was horrible. And then I got a Biden ad. So I guess it balances it out. Uh, so let me just take this moment as an ad break for myself to say, um, American listeners, please vote for Joe Biden in November. If you are eligible to vote, please vote. And please vote for Joe Biden. He is not a person that normally I would endorse, but this is my platform and I got to do what I can. (laughs) So she gets back home or back to Chris's home, as she would say. Um, And Chris asks Adrian what she did that day. And she tells him that she looked for apartments. Also, she tells him that she found a place to stay until she gets a place of her own, meaning she can go move out and stay with Jane. So he seems a little bit bemused. He says that all of a sudden he's hearing not only has she looked at apartments all day, she also has a place to move into and says that it's a punch in the gut. Um also in this scene Adrian is wearing a black tank top bedazzled with Mrs. Knight on it. So I'm sure this is a bit of a mind fuck for Chris. It's a mind fuck for me just watching this because wh- one, where did she get that from? Did she have it custom made? Did someone gift it to her? It's like a like a bachelorette party gift or a bridal shower gift or something like that. They're not even engaged yet. Is she just trying to like not so subliminally message him into proposing um but yeah why but at this point like if you're so bound and determined that you're just gonna leave him like fuck this guy who won't make a commitment to me why are you still wearing that why are you even wearing that at all while you go look for apartments was she wearing that when she was going to look for apartments i wasn't paying that close of attention i just noticed it in this scene so then chris asks about the parking situation at the apartments which is relatable um basically just trying to find out if there's a place for him to park and she says that she already told him her ultimatum if she moves out they either get engaged or she moves out and they break up so to me and to chris this was never really made clear that she was going to break up with him or they were going to break up if she moved out like it definitely has been kind of a messy plot line throughout the entire season because at first chris wants her to get a place to stay because that had always been the original plan um which in that case like he really shouldn't have either let her move in or let her stay for as long as she did because she does have a point that at this point like it's impossible to go backwards but uh then she so she didn't want to move out then he was like okay i think at that point she wanted to move out then she said she was going to look for apartments then he didn't want her to move out and then he said, okay, you can stay. I want you to stay. I'll miss you when you move out. But she's like, no, no, no. I can't live with you without a commitment because it's it goes against my religion. My family won't approve of it, even though they have been living together already for seven months at this point. It's all very confusing, like I said. Um, but it was never really made clear. However... She says that she's confused in her talking head here because Chris is acting like he didn't understand her ultimatum when they were in Puerto Rico. So we cut back to a scene from the previous episode where Adrian is saying, if I don't get a commitment, I'll move out. And then there's like an awkward cut. And then she says, the relationship's over. But I feel like this was definitely an editing trick because she was probably just saying like the relationship's over in some other context. Like she could just be saying like, you know, if we don't, see if i move out and we don't see each other every day the relationship's over like that could be and they just chopped it and put it in there to make it seem like i don't know i feel like this is very pro adrian editing i just don't remember that moment happening in the actual episode so then chris brings up a good point here (laughs) again i'm sorry that i'm a chris stan i just like he's making some great points he says, do you see the problem for me here, though? Even at this point, if I wanted to, you're forcing me to make this commitment. And then she, like, tries to cut him off. She loves to interrupt. Um, and she says that she's not forcing him. I'm just telling you my decision is all, is what she says, which her decision is that they're getting married or she's breaking up with him. But Chris says that life isn't like that for healthy couples, and you can't make unilateral decisions. Very valid. Very valid very healthy mindset for a couple compromise like be on the same page with where your relationship's going but uh Adrian refuses to listen to him I mean he makes all the valid points and she refuses to listen to him basically for the entire two seasons that I watched so she says that she can't live with Chris anymore without a commitment because it makes her feel awful so this is what I was saying earlier where it's just like something to do with her family not approving it's against her morals and even though she's a model who like i don't want to like i don't it's okay i'm not trying to get into any kind of weird slut shamey or like it just feels like she is using the moral argument where it's convenient and i do agree with chris in this regard because she is in an industry where you are around people who are you know shacking up with other people and gay people that's against your religion and she was you know it's just like i just i don't understand (laughs) but she says you know they want the same thing they want a love from each other and she says except and he says except for you it requires she cuts him off again to be an honest woman chris says what's the concept of an honest woman And so then Adrian goes on to say, Chris was obviously not taught morals. So again, this is just like, so you're turning around on Chris and making it like, he's a bad, amoralistic person because he doesn't want to get married seven months into the relationship. Um, It's just like, so why was, was, were the last seven months fine and not amoral, immoral, but now like you're over the threshold and now it's unacceptable. Uh, Chris says Adrian is the last person to be preaching about morals. Like, okay, like I'm saying, like, gross. I don't, I don't know where he's coming from with that. Because I feel like his is more of, like, well, you pose naked. So, like, where are your morals? That's, like, its own separate thing. I just think it's more so of, like, if you're going to use your – because she uses her religious background, and her religious background is Catholic. And so, yes, that is against the Catholic religion to be living together without being married and having premarital sex. But also to be like posing nude and hanging out like with gay people and stuff in like this industry. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't wanna slip back into like my old mindset of like being slut shamey because this is like I'm I'm trying to evolve past that. So Call me out if you think I'm crossing a line here. But I feel like, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say in terms of, like, I feel like she's using it. I, I agree with Chris in terms of, like, I think she's using it when it's convenient to her to get what she wants. So Chris says now, because she's giving him an ultimatum, like, he thinks it's better for her to move out. And Adrian starts crying. There's very dramatic Spanish guitar music playing in the background. And she storms out. She says that in her talking head maybe Chris isn't happy but she's been ecstatically happy their entire relationship except for all the times that they argue except for like when you were so angry with him for two weeks because you thought he French kissed Jane Except for like the entire last day of Puerto Rico where you said it was a day of tears and sadness. None of that seems ecstatically happy. However, VH1 does give us a flashback to a couple of their like lovey-dovey sweet moments from the season. Because I don't want to take away from like the good times in their relationship. They did have plenty, I'm sure. Again, this is very pro-Adrian editing because she's like, I've been ecstatically happy this entire time. And they flashback to all the good moments instead of all of the the fucking arguments that they've been focusing on in every single episode. So Adrian storms back in and she sits down on the couch with Chris and she says that she's that in the Midwest when you move in with a man, it means one thing, either she's a hussy or she's a whore or or she's a hussy and a whore or she's made into an honest woman. And so, okay, this is where I wrote my notes Without the context of the rest of the season, this feels like a fight where Chris asked her to move in with him with the promise that a commitment would be coming, but not her moving in semi like uninvited. I mean, obviously, he like agreed to it. I don't want to like make it seem like she forced her way in. He had to agree to this, but she's definitely demanding that they move their relationship along at a pace that Chris is uncomfortable with. So, I don't know just like the way that she's arguing this it really makes it seem like you told me that you would give me a ring if I moved in with you not I demanded to be in a relationship with you I wanted to live with you immediately and now you thought you would have more time but I immediately want to get married and if you don't give me what I want I'm ending this relationship because like they fell in love like she made him fall in love with him so I just don't think it's very fair obviously I don't think it's very fair I've spent the last like 30 minutes ranting about this So Chris says again that the way that he thinks it would work best is if Adrian moved out while they still stay together, but he's willing to find a way that they, that 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 doesn't have to happen where they can still be together and live together. And now he says he's confused because all of a sudden she's saying she'll move out and she's not willing to live with him anymore. So she has a talking head here where she says if they really feel so differently, maybe it would be better if they just stopped playing games with each other and went their separate ways which is like um, pretty much like the fucking healthiest thing she's said healthiest mindset that she's had so far um then it cuts back to a moment where she is like telling him she's scared of how much she'll miss him and how miserable she'll be with him miles and miles away which like I understand to go from living with someone to literally be across town and I understand LA is like a hard city to get around in but it's not like you're across the country fine get over it if you really love him and this is what he needs whatever so i guess i guess the argument's over chris is laying on the couch adrian starts walking away and then he comes he asks her to come back over and give him a kiss and she does he calls her a drama queen and she says she's not trying to be a drama queen but that she feels like she's been run over by a bus which basically sounds like something I would say <laughs> I'm very but at least I recognize I'm a drama queen even if I deny it to Andrew when he asks me or tells me so we get a moment here where Adrian is in Chris's office area he has like an old school CRT computer monitor with a bunch of pictures of them together like taped up taped up all around it and like a framed picture of them and she gets like very aggressive and starts ripping it all down She's like, if you don't care why do you need why do you need pictures of me then it's like he doesn't not care he obviously loves you he wants to be in a relationship with you but she gets mad she calls him a rotten son of a bitch and she tells him good night but she calls him that a lot so the next morning chris tells adrian that he's going out to run errands for the day but that she had or he has dinner planned for eight that night And so he has a talking head here and he says that it's going to be the closing of a book. He says there's going to be a significant change in our relationship after tonight. So as Chris tells her goodbye, she says that it's like a kind of weird thing. She says no one can beat her back. That's like a weird way of putting it. But I think she means like beat her down. Uh, She says she makes all of her decisions and temporary beatbacks only make her stronger. Um, Whatever that means so in her talking head she says that today is judgment day she is moving out tomorrow and tonight might be their final goodbye but then she gets all silly and they have like a cute little like lighthearted couple moment where she tells chris to like come and kiss her ass because she's just like laying in her panties in bed and he comes over and he, he kisses her ass and like it's cute it's like a cute moment like they obviously care for each other just stop being so dramatic adrian she is such a drama queen Um, so then a second later or probably like realistically 45 minutes later but the editing is kind of weird he's in his car and he calls Adrian and says uh, take a second to think about or write down all of the things that she likes about him he'll do the same for her and they're just gonna go over it at dinner I guess homework that sucks Uh, we see Chris walk into a store a fancy stuff store It's called Z Gallery. I think it's like a home goods, like a very fancy home goods store. I think they have, he says that he needs candles and flowers. That's what he tells like the the clerk that he has something special planned for the night and he wants to decorate with a lot of candles and flowers. But I don't know, like when you get flowers from a florist, I don't know if you can buy it from a fancy stuff store. So they go pick out scented candles together instead of just getting like ambiance candles. And he picks a fuck ton of scents, which I hope they all go together. I don't know if he's planning on burning them all at once, but I feel like that's just going to be, like, headache city. Because I also feel like these are probably, like, good-ass scented candles that really, like, have a good throw and really, like, make your room smell very strongly of whatever scent it is because he went to this fancy-ass expensive store. It's just going to give you a migraine if you burn them all at once. Uh, Adrian, back at the house, is quote-unquote letting her soul drip out in words as she says or just writing the list that chris asked for he goes to a tailor and picks up a dress that he picked out for adrian the dress is meant to replicate one that she's wearing in a photo in her portfolio that he loves but it's ridiculous as soon as i saw the dress i was just like how could i have forgotten like how could i have forgotten this dress it's iconic It's a white satin mini with a black bow on the front like a little bow tie and the way adrian styles it is just ridiculous and iconic like it's so good we'll get there in a second so chris arrives back home with the dress and tells her that he brought her a present and he says in his talking head that she's had a very rough afternoon she's very nervous and he just wants to make her happy the way that he says, like, she's had a rough afternoon and she's very nervous is kind of weird. It, like, sounds like he's talking about a dog who, like, has to go to the vet for shots or something. Um, but she pulls out the dress and Chris tells her how much he loves the picture that's based on. And in her talking head, she says, Chris has decided to dress me up like a little dolly. Which she feels is inappropriate, I guess, just, like, given the circumstances of what's going on in their relationship in this moment. He also calls the photo, uh the photo of Adrian you at your most refined, which that not that did not sit well with me because Adrian is like not refined. Like that's kind of her whole gig. She belches all the time. She's always burping. She's always talking about like she's like a uh, an Italian girl. She's a Midwest girl. You know, she's loud. I'm loud. I'm spontaneous. Like she's just like she's not refined so if that's what you love about her if that's like your favorite thing about adrian is this idealized refined elegant version of her then this relationship's not gonna work and it didn't work um she also says that she was trashed in that photo which i don't know if that's the truth or not if she's just trying to like push back against his like you at your most refined but that would be pretty funny and i i believe that it could be true um, he tells her to start getting ready she's scared she doesn't know what to think about tonight uh, he says that he wants dinner to be something unique and special and adrian's thinking that it's just going to be the final goodbye so chris is seated at a table in his kitchen waiting for her and this is when she walks in wearing her iconic ridiculous adrian season finale look she's like she's turning it let don't don't get me wrong like she's working it for sure but she's wearing that dress she's got uh black opera gloves and she's got her hair in this like ariana grande half up half down ponytail just like the dress is like super tight with the gloves i just i can't imagine where you're supposed to wear that to like what restaurant that looks natural in that setting um i mean she looks good though like adrian's hot gotta give her that so chris gives her a glass of champagne adrian tells him that she's been having an anxiety attack she wants to puke she's been having diarrhea all day all very romantic for their dinner uh he compliments her on her gloves probably because he thinks it's refined um and says (laughs) he says that he hasn't seen gloves on her other than in the bedroom all right chris all right we know why you like those gloves then i just had to get to the second half of my sentence so they get in the limo, they head out to dinner. Adrian says that they've been through hell and bliss in the last couple of weeks, flashback to Puerto Rico and how happy they were there. Adrian jumping into a waterfall. Um again, I'm just like, okay, so you're just ignoring all of the like fighting that you did and the sad you how sad you were when you didn't get proposed to And she goes on to talk about how she like instantly knew how when the moment she met him on The Surreal Life she knew that she was in love. But she also calls him old and he gets a little bit offended. But then she's like well when you were my age didn't you think that your parents age was old because he literally is the same age as her parents. Again I mean I suppose age gap relationships can work but it's always just mm, a little bit iffy. They arrive at the restaurant Chris says he's nervous because he doesn't know what they're going to talk about. Bitch, you're the one who like had this whole game plan. I don't want to I want to make sure I give Chris his like fair snark bits too. Just because I agree with him for the most part in terms of their relationship doesn't mean that he gets off scot free, mind you. Um so they cheers, they like clink their champagne glasses and Adrian says, "To you picking a woman too strong you can't control." And Chris replies, to you picking a man as too stubborn to change, which, again, all bodes very, very well for their relationship. Although it also reminds me of um Sex in the City, where it's just like, some women can't be tamed. We need someone who we can run wild and free with. And they, but they're they both Carrie in this moment. They're just both Carrie being like, you can't tame me. Uh, Adrienne decides to go ahead and read her list about the things that she loves about him, um, it's very cutesy. There's cheesy music that's playing over the background. I didn't want to write down the specific list of things. There is one thing that she said. She uh, she says the way you flick your tongue when you're in deep thought. But like you know, when she first starts out with the way you flick your tongue, you're like oh, oh, oh. Just when you're oh, when you're thinking, it's just an, it's just a nervous habit. Okay. Um, and then towards the end of her list, I did have to write this part down because it gets a little bit intense. So she says. I love you more than I've ever loved anyone. I've done things for you that I have never done for anyone, not even my family. If I had the chance to make the ultimate sacrifice for you, be it with my life, pride, or even soul, just to keep you safe, I would. But this bitch won't either move the fuck out and stay in a relationship with him or just continue living in sin with him until they get to a point where he's comfortable and wants to make the commitment. She said that she would give up her soul that's your soul there's your chance give up your soul for this relationship this man that you would you've done things for that you haven't even haven't even done for your family what in the seven months that you've known him like have you had the opportunity to do for him that's something that you like wouldn't even do for your family I don't know seems dramatic Chris is like very touched by this though I mean it's that's fair like it was sweet I'm sure when I watched this when I was 13 I was like thought that was like the most beautiful thing ever written and I was going to steal those for my wedding vows but um Adrian also is trying to say like oh it's not beautiful I just want to get it out of the way and he asks like keep her her list and starts tearing up which is sweet so then he reads his list about the things he loves about her uh he compliments her on her spontaneity and then we just get like a bunch of flashbacks basically to her being horny There was a moment where uh, earlier in the season I guess he had like she had pulled up a dick pic that he had sent or something and she's like you know I masturbate to your penis when you're not around. Also Chris is wearing reading glasses in this moment as he's reading this list and it's really just accentuating the age difference pretty well. So he starts to get choked up again and says that she's a powerful woman and he's humbled to be in her presence uh, he also says that she's sexy even when she belches so of course they have to throw in a belching montage very good very good nice editing and now adrian's crying and then she reads a poem i don't know why she were because her list of things that she loved about him kind of had like a, a, a meter to it it almost sounded like it was a poem but no this is a, a specific poem that she wrote for him She calls it her expectations of devastation, and she compares it in her talking head here. She compares it how the Christians in the Bible, when they were being thrown into the lion's dens, they would give their last pleas, and these are my last pleas. So she reads the poem. Uh, It's basically just like about them breaking up. I didn't write it all down. It rhymes. It's it's a poem, so it rhymes. Um, And she starts crying harder. And so she looks him in the eyes and says that he's asking her to take a step backwards and she won't do it because no good relationships go backwards. Which I think I said earlier, I do totally see her side. I mean, there's not an easy way to extricate yourself from this situation that they've gotten themselves into in general. And the solution would have been Adrian, don't move in with him immediately. Or Chris, like. Give her, you know, let her move in for a month while she finds a place to stay in L.A., but then make it very clear, like, you have six weeks from the time that you move in because otherwise our relationship will not grow in the way that I need it to for it to continue to grow in a healthy way. Uh, So she says that, but here she says, nothing you can tell me will tell me that my women's intuition is wrong, or nothing you can tell me will convince me that my women's intuition is wrong. Something like that, and then Chris asks if it's her woman's intuition or just her pride. Which, because I'm, I'm like, yeah, like you're 23. I don't even trust my intuition, like my woman's intuition at 27. Like maybe when I'm 40, I'll be like, oh yeah, I got this sharp ass woman's intuition. I'll know exactly what's what. But you're still young. Sit down. You can learn. But no, she gets really dramatic when he says, "Is it your intuition or your pride?" So she goes, "How?" dare you and like narrows her eyes she says no it's your pride like she's seriously like it's like she's performing this moment it's very um very acted but I don't think she's acting maybe she is uh it's your pride wanting to take step backwards so there's there's no rewinding in a relationship and she says uh she's looking for a she's I'm looking at a man who's unsure of what I'm so certain of i ask for so little i ask for this as she points to his head i ask for this his heart i ask for you it's like that part especially i'm like was that scripted was that production who was like here's what you're gonna say now because that shit was dramatic um she tells him that she can't give him any more time i get what i want or i walk and then she starts to get a little bit bitter. She says, maybe I'll end up like you, a 47-year-old bachelorette. And Chris, like, has to cut her off and be like, okay, okay, like, calm down, calm down. Uh, so then he tells her that he has a surprise. And he takes out his wallet to pay the bill. And then Adrian makes this really awkward joke here where she's like, oh, it's money. I don't need your money. And he just, like, kind of, like, looks at her and just puts it in the checkbook. And is like, okay, we're going to go for a drive in the limo adrian is projecting she's like you don't look happy and he says i'm just pensive she says do you ever feel like you're going somewhere to get decapitated he's like you're not getting decapitated so then as they're getting closer she's just like looking out into the surrounding area from the limo window and she says she asks if they're near apartment complexes and he's like yeah i think so She says if you bought me an apartment I'll kick you in your balls and Chris laughs but Adrian says she's not kidding. So then he's like all right I know that this is very uncomfortable for you but I'm gonna have to blindfold you. She's extremely stressed out by this. They get out of the car he leads her down some steps. They have better communication in the like 45 seconds of them walking down the stair steps where she's blindfolded than in the entire rest of the entire fucking season and probably their relationship. Um, So as he walks away, we get a talking head or well, he says that he's going to leave her for a couple minutes and go check on some things, but then he'll be back and take her blindfold off. So he walks away. We get a talking head from Chris where he basically says he doesn't expect her to react well once she knows what this represents, but he has to make a statement about choice. I also have a, to make a statement about choice. Uh be pro choice. Let people do what they want with their bodies. <laughs> All right, just had to put that in there. So she's in her talking head, she says at this point her hope is shattered. She has no hope left. He comes back, he takes off her blindfold and she sees she is outside of an apartment. So she's like he's like follow me and he leads her into this empty apartment. Adrian is just dejected. She's saying, Oh my God, no, no, Chris, no, oh my God, no. And he's like, Just follow me, just follow me. She's like, It's really pretty, but no. Oh, and there's vaulted ceilings, but no. (laughs) So he leads her into this living room area. It's a room with a fireplace. I guess it's the most romantic area in the house. It's filled with those lit candles. I have to wonder if it's all of those scented candles from earlier because the room does not look that big. So once again, I feel like that's just a headache waiting to happen. So he leads her into the center of the room. He starts giving her this speech. And at this moment, this is a very specific, like, sensory memory for me. There are some fucking wind chimes happening somewhere in the background, somewhere in the house or the porch or the open door. I guess before production was just like I don't know why the AD didn't like call cut and be like someone get the fucking wind chimes um but yeah I just that was a very vivid memory of me like once I heard those wind chimes it just took me back to watching this at my mom's house when I was like in seventh grade or whatever so he tells her that he wants to be he wants her to be happy and complete and he believes that means autonomy and for her to not be dependent on anyone which is healthy. I'm still on board. So he says that this is what this is for her. Basically, this apartment is a home that she can make her own. He says that you can you can make it what you want. You can be who you want here, uh without anyone telling you what to do or who to be. Again, all very healthy, but Adrian is like ugly crying and upset, saying she doesn't want it. And Chris is choked up, he's crying too. Uh she said and he's, you know, saying this is what this can be for you. Here you can start your life. Or you can come home with me. And Adrian starts crying and says that she can't. And then Chris pulls out the ring box and he asks her to marry him. Uh, I don't agree with this. When I, Now when I was watching this as a fucking kid, you bet your ass. You bet your ass. I was so upset when I thought that they were going to break up and I, I was... Did a full 180. My emotions flip-flopped on that roller coaster when I found out that he was proposing. Because, oh my God, isn't it romantic, true love. Um, and, but, I mean, turn her loose, Chris. I mean, I'm sure you love her. But you know it's not right. You know she's not right for you. Everyone in your life knows she's not right for you. That's actually a big point of the next season. Is like, there's drama because Chris's family doesn't want to come to the wedding. But... I just hate the way this is positioned basically saying like the choices are either you can become an independent woman or you can come home with me and you will not be an independent woman. You will not be complete. You will not be able to like make this life your own or whatever, which I know isn't what he meant, but it's like the implication that he made with the way that he gave that speech. Of course, Adrian doesn't care because that's all she's ever wanted is just to have him propose to her, but she's still huffing and puffing and crying, trying to recover from her near panic attack. And Chris is just, you know, also crying, saying that he never wants to lose her. And he officially gets down on the one knee and asks her to marry him. She says yes. And she (laughs) says in her talking head that it was everything she wanted it to be. And she's so fucking happy. Ma'am, you literally thought you were about to break up. Like, you were about, you were just blinded by emotional pain in that moment when you thought that he was about to like kick you out and have you move into this apartment this is not the proposal that you dreamed of and then Chris says in his talking head that he's done something very unusual for him but it feels good and he needed her prodding him and I was just like Chris Chris what are you doing you're being gaslit by Adrian (laughs) into thinking this was a good idea so he slides the ring on her finger and he says, I'm committed to you now. Will you live with me happily? Will you compromise with me? Adrian nods yes to all of this, but we see how that goes in season two. And it ends with Chris telling her that she bagged her Brady and she says, no, I bagged my knight in shining armor, which is clever. Again, I kind of wonder if it was scripted, but that was cute. Um, and then he tells her, let's go home. We do get a um, little last little stinger scene as the credits are rolling. Uh, Chris tells her that they're going to have an eight year engagement because when they were arguing in Puerto Rico, she was trying to say like, we can have a long engagement. I know a couple that was engaged for eight years. um, And she's like, no, one or two or three. And that's it. And I'm pretty sure it ended up being less than a year. So that is it for the episode recap. Let's jump into the where are they nows. So starting just like with the relationship, I just wanted to talk about where's the relationship now. So they married on May 29th, 2006 in Joliet, Illinois, which was Adrian's hometown. The wedding is shown on season two finale, like I said. Uh, They also starred, starred, they were on an episode of the Celebrity Paranormal Project together in 2006. In 2007, I think I mentioned earlier, they were on an episode of Dr. Phil pertaining to large age gap relationships. And then that one, like I said, Tim, Tim, Phil, <laughs> Tim McGraw, isn't that a country singer? Tim McGraw, Phil McGraw, Dr. Phil, Mr. Phil, he's no doctor. Mr. Phil predicted that they're arguing, uh, their style of arguing, particularly Christopher Knight's hurtful comments, was a strong predictor of impending divorce which I mean isn't incorrect because they announced their separation on May 29th 2011 which was also their 5th wedding anniversary it came via a statement from their manager Chris filed for divorce in August of the same year and by February 2012 Adrian reported that the divorce had been finalized um reportedly it was an amicable split they said Adrian said it was no big deal she was the one who told Chris to file so that's that, apparently they they were fine with that. So in terms of their actual individual Where Are They Nows, I wanted to start with Chris. He did guest star in an episode of That 70s Show um, with his Brady Bunch co-star, Barry Williams. That was in 2006, so right around the same time that My Fair Brady was airing. He was part of VH1's I Love the 70s Part 2, hosted the game show Trivial Pursuit America Plays in 2008 to 2009, He also hosted a series of game show specials for the Michigan Lottery called Make Me Rich that aired periodically from like 2009 to 2012. Uh, He married his fourth wife. um, Her name is Kara Kokinis, I believe. They got married in November 2016. That was uh, probably the best thing that happened in November 2016. Uh, had an HGTV special miniseries with his fellow Brady Bunch castmates called A Very Brady Renovation. Um, it featured the six remaining members of the Brady Bunch um, joining forces with HGTV Renovation stars to renovate the iconic Brady Bunch home in Los Angeles. It aired in 2019. I wasn't aware of this. Uh, this sounds like something that would be like a really fun, pleasant, relaxing watch. So I'm probably just going to like watch that for pleasure tonight after I get done recording this. Um, now he has a line of home decor called Christopher Knight Brands. He's just like a general sort of entrepreneur, entrepreneur kind of guy. Um, seems like he's doing pretty well. All right, Adrian, I have a shit to say about Adrian and what she's up to. So she did, uh, a couple of Playboy covers, at least a couple of different pictorials in 2006. She definitely had a cover in 2008. She was in the 2008 film, Jack Rio. Um, Between November and December of 2010, she worked as the resident celebrity gamer panelist judge on the series of The Tester, which was a reality TV show on the PlayStation Network. Okay. Uh, She's like apparently into like, she's like a big nerd. She calls herself Mistress mistress of the dorks or queen of the nerds. She goes, she went to a lot of comic cons back in the day. She hosted live coverage of BlizzCon for DirecTV in 2011. She also hosted live um, from E3 for Namco Bandai in 2011 and 2012. She met movie trailer actor, movie trailer voice actor Matthew Rode while they were playing Hearthstone on Twitch. I don't know if he was on Twitch or if she was on Twitch, but they met doing some nerd shit back in 2015 They got engaged in 2017. They eloped in Glacier National Park in September 2018. They just celebrated their two-year wedding anniversary a couple days ago. So now they live in Montana where she has a lifestyle blog and she sells Avon for a living. Um, So Avon is, my understanding, is a multi-level marketing company. And I clicked into her Instagram, like all of her posts is just fucking her shilling Avon. Uh, I saw somewhere where someone had commented and was like, I, I can't support you doing an MLM. Um, and she was like, it's not the same thing as Mary Kay where they really forced you to buy stock. I don't even build a downline, blah, blah. This is like a real established company. But I'm pretty sure it's still an MLM. So that's pretty disappointing. Um, also, she has slightly like MAGA vibes in a lot of her posts. There's like one post of her with an American flag wrapped around her body that I'm pretty sure she turned off comments on. Um, at the very least they're libertarian uh there was another post where i think she originally had a like a caption about social justice warriors because there were hashtags for hashtag sjw cringe and there were some comments that were like yeah adrian thanks for speaking the truth like you're not like all those other model girls Um, She had a really problematic moment back in 2018 while she was on her honeymoon or right after she had gotten back from her honeymoon where she was on a Facebook Live shilling Avon and then she told this story about how she had been prank called while she was on her honeymoon by some woman who told her that she had met her husband the previous night for drinks and she was like yeah I'm trying to get in touch with him are you his sister and she was like oh my god that's disgusting and I know you're watching this and you're disgusting and you should just kill yourself because you don't deserve to live a person like that doesn't deserve to live there's nothing no worse thing that you can do to a person than try and ruin their marriage and their honeymoon and I'm just like damn ladies some people kill people uh so yeah Also, she apparently said some incredibly transphobic things on the live, too, calling, referring to um, a trans woman as a a man-woman. And also referring to herself as a man-woman, speaking in a lower masculine voice. It was just not great. So, um, yeah, disappointing. (laughs) Also, she announced that she was getting her breast implants removed in 2019, which good for her like I'm very in favor of people getting their implants removed because I think it can be linked to a lot of breast implant like illness and disease there's like a whole like autoimmune thing that goes on with that uh but I hope she's I hope she's well physically I hope she gets well mentally and I really hope she doesn't vote for Trump. All right, does it hold up slash is it worth a rewatch? Um, I would say that it holds up fairly well in terms of reality TV. Like it still held my attention. Of course, I was like going mad watching this, just being like, oh my God, this relationship is so unhealthy. But I would say it was, it's probably worth a rewatch if you were into the whole Chris-Adrian relationship as it was happening. Um, if only to see if your opinions changed like mine did, because I thought that was really interesting to see like how much Because, like, once I started watching, it all came back to me, and I remembered how much I had empathized with Adrian. So it was really funny to see, like, oh, my God, I'm so on Chris's side for most of this. All right, you guys, we made it. Thank you so much for sticking with me once again. I always appreciate so much everyone who listens to this. Uh, Like I said earlier, if you provide any kind of donation to reproductive justice, abortion funds, doula, midwives, immigrant rights uh refugees anything like that anything that can help mitigate the horrors of what's happening in terms of the concentration camps in america like i i can't even speak to it i don't know but send me a screenshot i'll figure something out even if it's just a shout out just do what you can we'll all do what we can um please give this podcast a five-star rating review subscribe blah 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 uh you can find me on instagram at snapback to reality pod on facebook at snapback to reality podcast you can email me at snapback at gmail.com i will be back in another couple weeks on time knock on wood if everything goes according to plan i love you all have a great rest of your week goodbye